Hi, this is Rob Reiner from the band Anvil, and you're listening to the Heavy Metal Combat Podcast. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Hey, 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 uh, 75. 75, all right, here we go. I made it to three. All right, we are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! I guess y'all don't miss that intro. Boy, I had to change that shit quick because it's so annoying. <laughs> so how are you, dude? Uh, I'm all right for a Monday. We're recording on a Monday, and we never do this. Yeah, I know, because yesterday... You know what? Yesterday I wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. Because uh, my best player didn't leave here till like 9. So it was like a oh, pain in the ass. Yeah, it was, it was better off us doing it today. I think. Um, I had a crazy fucking Saturday. Let me talk about this. It's a little mini review. Rocket rock review. It's not really metal. I went to go see the band Kansas. And, uh, which I love. We should review them one day. And uh, are you a fan? Uh, of, of the hits. But then again, I've never listened to a full album. And they just never grabbed me that much to listen to a full album. <laughs> Loser. Anyway, so I went to go see them, right? And uh, um, I, I, I got I got two free tickets. And um, uh, I was going to go with my brother. My brother ended up, oh, no, I, you know, last minute he couldn't do it. So I call Ruben De La Rosa. I love that guy. And he promised his kid he was going to go take him to the theater. He couldn't do it. So I said, oh, your buddy Lewis, he loves that shit. Oh, Lewis is in Italy. I was like, fuck. So I go, okay, Marquez. No, nah, Marquez ain't a fan. So um, then my, my other friend, yeah, he couldn't do it. I'm like, fuck, man. So I just put up a post on Facebook saying, whoever wants a free Kansas ticket, let me know. So my friend, my good friend, Karen, She's like, I'll go. I was like, all right, cool. Meet me there. So we get there. And I got there late because of fucking traffic. And not only that, we go into a municipal parking. And I can't find no parking. And she's behind me, following me. And she and I'm going around in circles, circles. So I can't find. She's like, she calls me. I'm like, man, Karen, I can't find parking. She's like, you're driving around in circles, Ralph. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you're, you, you got to go to the last one to go upwards. I kept going around in circles like an idiot. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I, I found the thing, and then we finally, we kept going all over, and we had to go all the way to the top to find parking. The shit, the shit was packed. So I missed the first song. I knew the set list, so I missed the first song, which was okay. I love the first song, but it's okay. It's one of their hits called Hold On. You know that one? Yeah, I think so. So we get in. 
an astounding show. It started off acoustically, then they did the whole Left Overture album, which is the very first album I ever owned, like a rock album. I, I owned Dr. Doolittle before that. And, um, well, that and ELO, I can't remember which one was the first. And either way, um, great, great show. Now, I had a show to play after that show. So, you know, I, I've been to that club before. It's called the Creepy Tiki. And uh, so I get on my phone and I go on the event page on Facebook and I click on, uh, you know, location on maps. And it says, uh, Creepy Tiki Hollywood. I was like, Hollywood? This shit was in Fort Lauderdale. I go, oh, they must have changed the venue. They must have put it in Hollywood now. So we drive all the way to Hollywood, only find out they put the wrong address on the event page. Smart going, promoters. So, uh, and then in the meantime, my brilliant drummer, by the way, drummers are flakes. And if you're listening to me and you're a drummer, you know you're a flake. My drummer calls me. And he's like, where are you, bro? And I'm like, bro, this shit gave me the wrong address. The event page goes, bro, we're going on now. I go, what are you talking about? We're going on at 11.45. It's only 11. No, bro, we're going on now. I was like, holy shit, fuck. So I go to Karen. Karen, can you GPS this shit? She's like, I think it's in, in Fort Lauderdale. I go, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, just GPS Fort Lauderdale. Let's go there, you know? And um, so we get there, and the band playing before us just started. And I was like, Alex. Don't ever do that shit to me, dude. Don't ever, ever tell me, you know, that, you know, because I'm fucking, I'm lost, and I, I could have got a speeding ticket thinking we were going on, you know? So, anyway, I'm there, I'm sober, and I'm like, in the first band, uh, the band, well, not the first band, it was actually the third band, a lot of build, bands that night, uh, was playing, and I was sober. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I wish I could drink. And then my friend Jessica showed up, and she had a bottle of wine. She goes, oh, I got some wine in the car. Oh, so let's go to the back. So I go to the back, and I chug this wine so quick. And I go back in, and while the band's playing, I started fucking feeling sick. I was like, oh, no. So I go in the bathroom trying to throw up. Doesn't work. I'm in cold sweats. I'm sweating like a pig. I'm like, oh, shit. So I go outside, and I go... I go to Alex, Alex, dude, I don't feel good. See if the bartender has a bucket. Because we're about to go on. You know, we're gonna put a bucket on stage in case I throw up. And um, they gave me some water. But I placed the bucket next to the bass player and he got pissed. <laughs> don't get that shit near me. Anyway, I drank some water and the power of Thrasher die. I felt fine and that's the end of my story. Did uh, Thrasher die do a version of Point of No Return? You know what, dude? I'm not a fan of that song, and they didn't play it. No, I'm saying, did Thrasher, Thrasher Die didn't do any Kansas covers that night? You want to know something? Funny enough, my friends from the band Fathom, Mariella and David, great fucking people. I love the hell out of them. They were at the Kansas show. So in between songs, I sung a couple lines of What's On Your Mind to them. So yeah, we kind of did. Uh, but just <laughs> me alone. I started singing, you know, What's On Your Mind to them. Which, by the way, Ian, you should look up that song. That song rocks. And uh, my bass player was super drunk. And he's like, hey, bro, can I crash out of your house? I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to have to go see this chick now. Ask Alex. So Alex is like, no, bro, I'm staying at my mom's house. So he goes to Ryan, and Ryan's like, no, man, I'm going to go see this chick like me. 
And then I and then I see him out. Hey, you got the hookup? He's like, no, nah, man. Fucking Alex is gonna go uh, to to his mom's, and, and Ryan's gonna go see some shit too, man. Nah, man. I'm just gonna go home, dude. That guy lives two hours north. So I got on the phone. I fucking said, "Yo, bitch, bros before hoes." So I, I I took him home. He left his car there, and uh, that's the whole story. The only bullshit part was I did not say, "Yo, bitch, bros before hoes." I didn't say that. I said. Honey, I'm very sorry, but I will see you soon. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's not- yeah, and it worked out because I had this computer desk I bought from IKEA that I could not build. It pissed me off. I bought furniture for my vinyl, built it no no problem. I bought furniture for my Blu-rays and DVDs, built it with no problem. These are big furniture. This fucking computer furniture was a fucking headache. And what my bass player does for a living, he builds stages. And I go, hey, man, since you build stages, you, you think you can build He's like, fuck yeah, give me, get out of the way. Dude, he built the shit in an hour. So it worked out for him, me to bring him home. So that's a life lesson, my friends. Bros before hoes. I hope that chick don't hear this All right. <laughs> and Mr. X hooked us up. And I know by the time you hear this, the, the new Metallica's out. But we've had the new Metallica, and so has a, a, a quadrillion people online, because it has been leaked. Because Ian, tell the story how it was leaked. Yes, apparently some Walmart, and I'm not sure where, but uh, they, they they get the albums ahead of time and just sit on them. Well, who would have thought at a Walmart they weren't that smart? They went ahead and put it out and sold it for a couple hours before they realized they weren't supposed to. And then, you know, that's all it takes this day and age, and it was up all over the internet. The uh, the two-disc version, not the three-disc that'll be available at Best Buy, but uh, the standard two-disc without the bonus tracks. Yeah, so yeah. everybody's heard this by now. Yeah. But but they haven't heard our opinion. That's right. That's, that's the most important thing. And uh, Ian's only heard it once. I've heard it five times. And it's something I also forgot to mention. On my way to Kansas, I got caught in traffic and... I had it already in the car. I had the new Metallica. I, I dumped it on my iPod, put it in my car. I listened to it in traffic, but I was so, like, freaking out about getting there in time that I couldn't really soak it in as well, and I heard it on the way back. But then when I was taking my bass player home, he was like, Fuck Metallica! He's all drunk. Ah! So I had to turn it off. I wanted to hear it on my way home. So then all day yesterday... Um, he was at my house, so I couldn't listen to it. But then when he left, I did listen to some of it in my house and then some on my way to work and some on the way back. And then today, I listened to it a total of three times. That's right. Three fucking times. And uh, before we get into it, let's uh, we got uh, an iTunes review, I understand, right? And YouTube. That's right. YouTube comments. All right. Well, that's right. We do have a YouTube review this week. And a very, very good one at that. This is a uh, five-star review entitled, My Favorite Podcast. Whoa! Whoa! And, Whoa! And it's from N-Man 2. Oh, man. Don't even tell and me what N stands for. And he says, and I quote, Been listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast for over a year now. And they've quickly become my go-to podcast. Yeah. I, I first discovered them searching for podcasts about Ozzy and found their Blizzard of Oz review. 
Yeah. From there, from there, I saw they had reviews of some of my favorite lesser-known albums, and the fact that both Ian and Ralph are Kiss fanatics like myself. Ian and Ralph. Yeah. Oh. Needless to say, I was hooked. Their mixture of middle school humor and quality facts and knowledge about this amazing music are what set them apart. I am grateful that they give a guy like me who doesn't have many people around him who appreciate music like this an outlet to get my inner metal head out. So if you're an information junkie with the sense of humor of a 13-year-old like me, then the Rock and Metal Combat podcast is perfect for you. You know, Keep it up, gentlemen. Uh, that was a great review. And by the way, a lot of our reviews always talk about 13-year-olds. <laughs> like 13-year-old humor. You notice that? <laughs> That's something yeah. to be proud of. You know, normally, you know, he said Ian and Ralph. Normally that upsets me because, you know, it should be Ralph and Ian. But I know what, I know what he, I saw what he did there. He was saving the best for last. That's right. That's right. See, even Ian what? agrees with him. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait to see it half full there. Ram. <laughs> <laughs> thank All you, right, thank well, you. Thank you, Ed Man. My nigga. Ed- Edman 2, not to be confused with Edman 1. Oh, Edman 2. Oh. Yeah, Edman 2. But uh, that that's a great review. You know, you know Edman 1? He's not as good. No. Save the best for last, number 2. Edman 2. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Edman <laughs> 1 likes to fucking... Oh, I ain't even going to mention that part. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you're going though. I almost, almost did. I almost said it. <laughs> now all, all these podcast people are being, I'll be like, hey, they're talking about us, like especially you know. Uh, you see, I almost said it again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we appreciate these reviews. Please keep them coming. Uh, and also, you know, like you know, a couple weeks ago, thank you to Josh Carlson for sending us ones from overseas because I know we got a lot of listeners over there. But unfortunately, I can only see American. Uh, iTunes reviews, so send them to me, uh, be the you know via the Facebook page or however, and I'll read them on air because I, I love these and you know for out of all the ratings we got to have so many be five star reviews and it's incredible. Keep them coming. Cool. Now, man. Ralph, you said that we also have some new YouTube reviews. Well, not not reviews, but more comments, but. Again, uh, well, well, comment. Yeah. yeah, and and uh, well, there's there's a couple kind of reviewish, but uh, again, please subscribe to our channel. Uh, we got a lot of good shit coming up. We got uncensored episodes where you can only hear it over there, but over here on the podcast, you can hear stuff that you can't hear at YouTube. So you get a little exclusives on both sides. So um, the first one is from somebody called Jeff Hallett. And on our subhuman uh, race episode, Skid Row, he wrote, Dr. Funk, great episode, man. Wait, uh, went to a half-price book, books, went to half-price books, I guess is the name of the store. Went to half-price books after work and got this CD for $2. Great fucking album. Thanks for the review. There you go. Um, nice. Let's see, Jeff Hollett again on the Thin Lizzy Bad Reputation YouTube episode. Dr. Fuck, love these YouTube videos. Also, I picked up a used copy of Scorpions in Trance yesterday. Great fucking album. Listen to the Wasp podcast today. Awesome once again. 
Why won't Waz tour the States? Love you guys later. Which this guy sounds like he's uh, listening to uh, our regular podcast because we don't have no Waz YouTube episodes. Like I didn't, that other one was banned. So, so it's cool. Jeff Hallett is a, is a listener on both sides and you could be too. All right. Right, but he, yeah. but he always says, hey, Dr. Fuck. How come he doesn't say, hey, Ayatollah? Did I fuck his girlfriend? Ah, his mother. Oh, man. You got her number? Uh, I don't know. I usually get rid of those. Come Evidence, here. Man. Come here, Mrs. Hallett. <laughs> That's not nice, uh, man. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's awesome. No, appreciate you, man. And I've... I want more people to check out the YouTube reviews because, man, it's a whole other way to experience the show with the visuals. And uh, and then with all the bonus content, you know, the uh, the uncensored shit. And uh, and for free. God damn it. It's all free. Yes. And uh, Nobody another, else does this. Another one for the Ramones episode we did, End of the Century, some guy wrote. I enjoy the show, guys. Kiss, Kiss's cover of Do You Remember Rock and Roll? Radio kicks ass. I never heard it till now, so I guess we turned them on to that. And oh, I yeah. I hate it. <laughs> oh, really? I loved it. I believe I said on the show I loved it. They do love it. Um, and then the last one. Uh, this is for Kiss. I'm not even sure which Kiss episode this is. But YouTube, you have to actually click on the video to see what it is. But best Kiss songs you never heard are Almost Human. Charisma, Larger Than Life, Under the Rose, in my opinion. Three Sides of the Coin are fucking suck dicks. Bunch of basement dweller new new kiss fags. I guess that's positive toward us. Yeah. Yeah. That and, is, and that was uh-huh. that was from Michael Brandevoid's son wrote yeah. that. Is that the guy's name, Michael Brandevoid? Yeah. You don't listen to that shit, yeah. do you? I've ne- I, seriously, I've never heard one episode. Wow. Yeah, I used to. I did in the past. I admit it. Anyway, so um, that's the YouTube review. So please uh, subscribe to our YouTube page, and uh, you'll get you know a show hopefully every week. I seem to forget to put one up a week, but lately I've been on a good streak. I think for the past month, every Wednesday there's a new episode up, and coming up this Christmas there'll be an episode every day because I want to start 2017 with. Um, the unedited YouTube episodes, which are rank and really bad. I mean, in a good yes. way. <laughs> All right. So um, we, got, we got news? Yeah, we got a little bit of news before we get into this. Uh, one here is Fast Eddie Clark recalling a near Motorhead reunion of the classic lineup in the late 90s that kind of fell apart. And while I would have loved Love to see that. Uh, I gotta tip my hat to Lemmy for you know never looking back and always staying true, you know to whatever the current lineup was, and that just that you know speaks to great levels of his integrity. Uh, you know, not saying that that would have been like a kiss reunion by any means, but you know, it would have got a little bit more attention, made a little bit more money, but. You know, Lemmy was always about playing the long game and uh, saw that it wasn't worth upsetting uh, the current lineup that was so, you know, devoted to him and and devoted, you know, uh, to the band. So he didn't risk it. Right. Yeah, good move. uh, Yeah, I agree. 
I say that because I saw the I saw that lineup. So. Ah shit. All right. Next story. It's it's really slim pick. Oh, Twisted Sister played their last concert ever. Well, no, it was the uh, last concert in the U.S. They still got more shows. Oh, really? It says uh, the title is just Last Concert Ever. Oh, It's then, in Mexico. Oh, then I guess they did. Because I, I, I read like a week ago the last concert in the U.S. Because I know they were yeah, playing. With, I think they were playing with Kiss in Mexico, right? Yeah. You mean their last show was opening for Kiss? Uh, well, I mean, it was, uh, it says right here, it was like on a bill where there's Kiss, Lamb of God, Carcass, Sepultura, and others. So it was probably just like a, a big Mexican festival. But that's bullshit. They should have ended it with a headline show. Are well, you going to end it with a, a show you don't headline? Yeah, yeah, if you ask me, they, they should have ended it in New York, where they come from. No, they should have ended it in Miami Beach, man, where I live. <laughs> Now, did you buy that uh, that DVD that they put out a couple months ago? I sure did. What did you think of it? I love it. It's great. Yeah? It's awesome. I mean, I, Mike, I, I, Mike, I, Mike I, Portnoy ain't no A.J. Perro, but still, it's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I saw some clips. What I saw I wasn't that impressed with, but I'm sure I'll pick it up later. It's All perfect. right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, so... I, I'm seeing conflicting reports on this uh, as far as Aerosmith's concerned, but uh, they're doing a 2017 European tour, and then they're also supposed to do 2017-2018 dates in America that reportedly is being billed as uh, uh, their farewell. It's called Aero Via Derci, which is like, a, you know, yeah. uh, how the fuck you say it? Via Derci? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you said it. Anyway, anyway, they're quitting, so that's probably a good thing, you know. Yeah, uh, though, though I will say, I saw their last two tours, and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Other than, you know, your your sappy newer hits, I mean, they threw out Combination at one of the shows, and well, oh, it, nice. it, it had a lot of good, you know, they threw a lot of good deep tracks, Mama Kid and shit like that, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and Steven Tyler, man. He's amazing, still amazing live, man. So um, I just got to say that, I mean, if you're a fan of old Aerosmith, I'd say go see it. I'm going to go see it if it comes my way. But I will go online and look at the set list first. But I figured since it's a farewell tour, I'm sure they're going to mix it up quite a bit. Right. Now, uh, yeah, that's going to be the two things here. You know, A, does it come to New Orleans, which I have a feeling it will, uh, and B, what's the set list, but... Probably either way I'll go. I've only seen them once. Right. So, and that was, shit, 90. 90? <laughs> yeah. It was the pump tour. So, uh, I, I would definitely go again, but man, it just sucks, you know, the newer shit that you gotta sit through. But, hey, you can take a hell of a piss, Arnold, during, uh, fucking, uh, don't wanna miss a thing. You know, nah, I'll definitely they, miss they, that shit. They don't play that. Well, they didn't the last few times. Well, they might throw oh. it out in this tour. But they didn't. Oh, I didn't good. see them play that, actually. Okay, well, now here's a reunion tour that uh, that I'd like to see, you know, simply for the fact that I've never even seen the band to begin with. But Halloween is doing a tour called Pumpkins United. I saw and this that is this a morning. World... 
yeah, a world tour. It's, it's going to carry over from 2017 to 2018, and it's going to feature both Halloween singers, uh, Michael Kizik and uh, and Andy Darris. And, 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 and Kai Hansen, the original singer. And, Right, right. Well, I mean, he's known more as the guitar player. Yeah, but they might. Let's hope they throw out some walls of Jericho and he sings it. Both of those guys go back too. Right. That would be glorious. Because that's my favorite uh, Halloween. My favorite Halloween is with Kai Hansen. Yeah. And I'm I'm a casual Halloween fan. I mean, honestly, I don't know a lot, but I would go see it, you know. I saw. Okay, I did see him with Kiski once. I saw the Headbangers Ball Tour. And uh, which was Anthrax, nice. Halloween, and Exodus. And by that time, Kai, who plays on uh, Keeper of the 17th, he's part two. Um, he wasn't there that night. He was. He already left the band. He recorded the album, but he didn't do the tour. So I never seen him with Kiski. I mean, with uh, Kai Hansen. But I did see him once with Kiski. And let me think. I, yeah, it's the only time I've ever seen Halloween was that tour. Uh, so. Yeah, I'd welcome it. I mean, I, I'm a, I love I love Andy Darris. I love all three singers, you know. So I I'm, I welcome that shit. I like all their lineups. They, they only made one album I didn't really truly like, which is Chameleon. It's terrible, but everything else wasn't bad. I mean, some were better than others, but uh, Halloween. I mean, I'm not a rabid fan, but when they release something, I I buy it and I enjoy it. I enjoy Halloween. Good shit. Right on. Well, here's something uh, a lot of our listeners might be curious about, and that is the fourth volume of Kissology is about 85% done. And uh, there hasn't been one in a while, and supposedly this one will pick up uh, 2001-2002 tour, uh, which I, that was, I think, the farewell tour, uh, you know, through the current current status of uh, KISS and we'll also have vintage footage that uh, people haven't seen uh, my big thing is I hope it's out on Blu-ray and I would like to see the others get re-released on Blu-ray with all of the uh, the bonus material you know because KISS did the real asshole thing where if you buy it from Best Buy it has one bonus disc if you buy it from Walmart it has another bonus disc if you went to Circuit City, it had another bonus disc. Because they know they got asshole fans that would go buy every one of them. Hello. Just to buy, just to buy shit that they already have. Hello. <laughs> you know. I did. But, uh, uh, but I would love to see this get like you know like a full like huge thing on uh, Blu-ray. But it'll, it'll probably come in a fucking coffin, and they'll charge you two thousand dollars for it. So I won't be able to afford it. But I'll, hey. I'll ask Mr. X to see if he can get it for me. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, well, you know, um, I definitely am looking forward to it. I love those Kissology things. As I understand, Kissology is owned by VH1. Uh, uh, they, yes, they the, the, yeah. fir the, fir the first three were, yes. No, but they must have bought it back because they own the, 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 the trademark uh, Kissology. Because I read that ah. uh, somewhere, so... Uh, they were talking about the reason why they never released another Kissology was because VH1 owns the rights to it. So, is VH1 still around? Uh, yes, but they, they don't play anything rock uh, based. I mean, I don't even know if they play music. 
uh, all there's it's almost like another BET uh, because all the it, it's reality shows that it's all uh, targeted at a black audience. It's uh, you know it's basketball. One? Yeah, it's wow. all like basket basketball wives and rappers wives and it's really. I mean, hey, if that's what you're into, but I mean, it's really it, it's very Afrocentric, and uh, there's nothing I, I watch on it anymore because, and I love black shows, but not those shows, <laughs> you know. I want to see Flavor Flav fucking some white hoes, yeah. you know. All right, anything uh, else? Yeah, uh, Anvil recently played some shows with the original lineup, and. Uh, there was talk of possibly doing a tour where they play like you know the first three or four albums that, that had that original lineup uh, going on tour and just playing songs from those but Rob Reiner says you know not all of the original members are in game shape uh, meaning he doesn't think that they would be able to do you know a full blown tour with just those musicians right? because it's been so long since they played you know I think one of the guys has kept playing, but another guy hasn't really played uh, since the mid-80s. I know there was a problem when Testament got the original uh, lineup back together and Louis Clemente gave up playing uh, uh, drums after he left the band, so he would really only come out and do, like, I think four or five songs, and the rest was John Tapesta because he just couldn't do a full show. Huh. So... You know, as, as much as I would love to see this, I don't know about the reality of it, you know. But uh, but that would be fun to catch because, you know, those are my favorite Anvil albums. Even though I, I still think Anvil's putting out solid material, uh, you know, it's those ones, that you know, the older ones that people really love to hear. No, of course, but at the same time, is it actually going to bring anybody else into the show that has the original members? Because, you know, Lips and Rob are pretty much... You know they can tour and get right. as many people as you know the original lineup at their shows. Oh, uh, right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but Anvil's working on another documentary. Yes, I do know that. There's another docu uh, Anvil documentary, a sequel, as you will, for the first one, which was really good. And I and you know a lot of people are like. Yeah, it's true, you know, I mean, well, not big, but, you know, they became more well-known because of that documentary. But you know what, man, I was an Anvil fan before that came out, so I was proud. I was proud. Right. Oh, this, this is my ringtone. You know I'm metal. <laughs> All right, I'll call her later. Anyway, so, um, what do you call, uh, what did I say? Was that Night Owl by... That was the, Little that, River Band? That was Hallian from Judas Priest, bro. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. It, it yeah. didn't sound that clear. <laughs> I was like, cool, Little River Band. <laughs> no, it was uh, the Hallian. Anyway, so, um, yeah, like I was saying, um, uh, I think Anvil's a, a great... It's, it's one of the many, many bands I loved back in the early 80s. I owned, I owned Metal on Metal, then I bought Forge by Fire afterwards, and... I'm a big fan of those albums as a kid. I know a lot of people don't like Anvil. Eh, but you weren't there, man, so you don't know, so shut up. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, here's something that uh, definitely got a few people butthurt on the Internet was Kirk Hammett coming out and saying...
that Guns N' Roses has turned into somewhat of a nostalgia act with this latest tour. That's and not true. They don't release new mu music, so how can that be? In a oh, wait. <laughs> uh, no, I kind of... I. I see his point, you know, it, hey, th this tour is what it is, it's a cash grab, you know, now, if it goes beyond this without new music, then yeah, totally, it's a nostalgia act, uh, I would, I would like to hear new music, you know, not as much as I'd like to hear a, an Axel DC album, but, uh, you know, I, I think if you're going to continue from here, you really do need to make new music, but the question is, how does... Guns N' Roses ride it down without Izzy. That's and, tough. And, and without having 10 years under their belt to finish that album. Right. Uh, they take fucking forever. But, uh, you know, I kind of see... I, I kind of see Kirk's point, and I, I think it is important for bands to keep making new music. You know, that was always my bitch uh, with, with D. Snyder and Twisted Sister, man. Put out another fucking record. And people just use that... Yeah, but nobody gonna buy it. You know, when I really think that's a lame excuse. I, I think it's a lot easier to just sit back and say that than it is to write a good album. And nine times out of ten, I think that's the problem is bands just don't write good albums. You know? Yeah. But, uh... I think they can. Know. Yeah, it would be nice. But, uh... Let's see, I'm trying to find something else that's worth a shit to talk about, but I'm not, so that would be a good segue into the album we're getting ready to talk about. And that is what the new say? Metallica, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Yes, sir. All right. And, and uh, this is one, you know, everybody's been hearing, you know, the singles they've been putting out. I, I think it's cool that they put that many out before the album was released. I think it was smart, you know, to, to get people's interest. And for the most part, I think they got a good reaction to those songs. I think a lot of people were surprised. I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy. And, you know, since the Black Album, just some people, no matter what Metallica does, they're going to hate on it. Yep. And I get that, you know. But i got to give credit where credit's due. Uh... I, I, I like the first three singles. And something we talked about, I, I think, in the last episode uh, was the last one that they released prior to the release of the album, that uh, Atlas Rise. Yeah. And I, I told you at the time, uh, it was my least favorite, and you said, keep listening to it. Uh, that's I thought the same thing at first, and with repeated listens, you were absolutely right. The best one out of the three. Uh, I, I, well, well, we'll wait till we get into the album, but it definitely did grow on me. And, uh, you know, this is a fresh review. Like I said, I've only heard it once in its entire... I mean, some songs I've heard more than once, but, like, listen to it all the way through, I've only heard it once. Rouse heard it about five times, so... Yes. It's not going to be like a normal uh, review where we have funny stories about, you know, who we were banging the first time we heard it and all this history... But we're just going to give you an honest, off-the-cut uh, review of it. And it's also a review that could quite possibly change. And probably will, you know. Yeah, we've only had it for two days. Right. And, uh, you know, and who knows? Maybe we might re-review -re it in the future. You know? 
just to see, you know, and that could be interesting to see where it stands like in a year or two from now. Do we still feel the same about it? What, you know, because uh, everybody knows sometimes you get an album and there's that one song you love and you just play, you play that song to fucking death till you're almost sick of it. And then you start finding other songs and you're like, oh, now this is my favorite, you know? Or something you liked at first, you're like, oh, I burned out on that right away. So opinions will definitely change, but this is a fresh review uh, of Metallica for you, the good listeners. And I will tell you, Ian, uh, I didn't get some of this first listen. Some of it grew on me that I like a lot now, but I didn't like it the first time I heard it. So uh, we're going to we're gonna review it as a guy that kind of had some sink into him, and I think maybe there's some that that I don't like that you don't like now and may like later, and there's some that grew on me that may grow on you too. Like Atlas Rock. And, it, and uh, it's important that uh, we haven't shared our opinions yet. No. So I don't. I have no idea what Ralph's going to say, you know, other than what he's already told me about, you know, the first three singles. But other than that, I have no idea how he feels. He has no idea how I feel about it. So this this should be good. Exactly. All right. Track one, Hardwired. Uh, this was the first one that anybody heard from this album. And uh, I got to tell you, the first time I heard it, I was like, holy fuck, this is heavy. But uh, most importantly, it sounded good. I love the sound of this record. Uh, I really think, uh, you know, this is kind of a spoiler. I think it's their best technically sounding record since uh, Master. I, I, I really I, I, I love the way James' voice sounds it. I love the way you know you don't have the trash can drums of fucking Saint Anger. Uh, you know, there's no Bob Rock on this, and uh, you know, and it, I don't think it has the loudness shit that uh, Death Magnetic had. I think the best decision they ever made was to get away from named producers. And, and to go with this way, I believe his name's Greg Fieldman. I know he's worked with, uh, I believe he worked with Slayer and, and, a, and a few other bands. And I think it was a wise decision, uh, you know, not to go back to Ruben, to definitely not go back to... Uh, I love that guy! <laughs> but, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been pissed if they went to Fleming Rasmussen, I'll tell you that much. But uh, I love this. Now, there was... You know, the first time I heard the lyrics, like, we're fucked, shit out of luck. You know, at, at first, I got to admit, that did sound a little juvenile to me. But the music was so, like, good and heavy that I totally overlooked it. And now it, it doesn't even bother me because I just love the spirit of it. You know, and, and, and Metallica doing a song that's only three minutes and nine seconds. And it's fucking heavy. You know, and it just kind of like, yes, yes, this is what we wanted. You know, when we're seeing a lot of, you know, the old school bands putting out quality records again, you know, everybody loves, well, not everybody, but a lot of people love Megadeth. Uh, good amount of people like Repentless, not everybody. Uh, a lot of people are split on Anthrax. A lot of people digging the New Testament. And uh, a lot of people eagerly awaiting the new... Uh, um, Overkill, you know, and Exodus put out a record uh, th that I thought was good, not great, but a good record. 
last year, so it's like, you know, these 50-year-old thrash titans, uh, for the most part, are inspiring a lot of people and, you know, keeping people excited about this music that, you know, for a while might be worried it went away. Especially from a Metallica standpoint. I mean, people have been calling them a sellout since fucking, you know, Ride the Lightning. But it really got bad in the 90s and so on. But uh, this sounded like Metallica having fun being Metallica to me. Uh, I absolutely love the song. What do you think, Ralph? First time I heard this, I was at Walmart and uh, in line. And bored in line, I'm looking at my phone. And I see on, on Facebook somebody put up... Um, Hey, look, here's a new Metallica song. I was like, oh, all right, I'll check it out when I get in the car. So, you know, I hooked my, my phone up to my car, I played it, and I was like, whoa. I couldn't believe it. So, you know, I was like, fuck, dude, I can't I remember you were there when I wrote that, and you're like, wow, you were surprised that I actually liked it. Um, I loved it, I think, and I still love it, but, uh, dude, I'm telling you, man, first listen, I loved like. We're all fucked shit out of I was like, yeah! And, you know, and the reason why I was like, yeah! Is because this is James unhinged. And he's not overthinking his lyrics. And, you know, just fucking and let it go. And I think those, those words, and I've heard a lot of people online like, oh, that's so stupid. We're all fucked shit out of luck. I'm sorry, dude. I think those are great, great fucking lyrics for this song. It, it fits it well, man. It's like... This song is fast, powerful, and fucking badass, you know? And, uh, you know, I just feel those lines fit perfectly. Nothing wrong with those lines to me at all. Then that rapid fire, you know, vocal after the solo, that, dude, just brings this song even more intense. Then Lars pulls out the double bass after that part. Then, then that self-destruct, self-destruct. When he keeps repeating it at the end, it's so fucking killer. You know, I, it really did shut me up because with me, Death Magnetic was just rich boys trying to be thrash again and it sucked. And they lost a plot and it sounded forced and fake. Well, this shit to me sounds fucking great. And anybody out there that fucking like loves old Metallica and says this sucks, I'm sorry, I question that, man. I really do. Maybe some really do mean it, but I know there's some that it's like what you said earlier. No matter what they release, you know, like if Master of Puppets was never released in '86 and they released it now, they go, "Oh, it's just Master, Master, fuck that, <laughs> fucking sat Sanitarium, what a sellout." You know, I, I honestly do believe a lot of people are just so blind to you know how Metallica has really sucked for so long. But there's no way they would forgive them. So, but I love Hardwire. Alright, next track is my favorite track on the album. Uh, it was my favorite of the first three I heard, Atlas Rise, you know? And the second time I heard the song, I go, yeah, this is better than Hardwire and, and Moss of the Flame, that was the other release. And uh, I think this, you know, everything about this song is just badass. The killer vocal melody, that badass bridge. And the chorus is badass. Love his vocals on this. The band is just throwing it fucking down. I love Kurt Hammond and that simplistic riff that James does in the middle section. Just an all-around crushing, heavy slab of metal. Best track on the album. I mean, who knows? Maybe later something else will grab me and I think it's more because 
There's more I like on here, not just Moth of the Flame. There's a few other badass tunes on this fucker. But uh, I, as of now, as of owning it for two days, Atlas Rise is my favorite track on the album. Or double album. Nice. Uh, I, I love it. And I, I love it more and more every time I heard it. You were absolutely right about that. It definitely grummy. I love fucking, uh, fucking Hammett solo on it. I thought that shit sounds awesome. And, and again, uh, the vocals. It sounds like James of old. No more of this fucking, you know, bullshit Merle Haggard wannabe fucking shit. It sounds like fucking James Hetfield. And I love that. Um, it, it, it's it's not my favorite, but it's probably it's probably definitely in the top five. I'd say that. But uh, and this is something I, I think would be amazing live. Like I I I'm, I definitely want to go see this tour. Uh, especially after you know I know you didn't like Death Magnetic. I liked it a lot more than you. But uh, they played a lot of that live, and they come around now and they play a lot of this live. I'm fucking there front and center. Because uh, this this is the Metallica I love. Everything about this sounds great. You know, it's like here's here's two songs just erasing away the '90s. <laughs> you know, in the early 2000s, it's kind of like when I heard uh, uh, you know Van Halen's a different kind of truth. It's so good, it erases all the shit that you know made you hate him for so long. Definitely a kick-ass song. You know, I gotta say that. Uh... I haven't seen Metallica since the Load Tour because I was so offended that number one is a shitty show and number two I was very offended that you know after a string of shitty songs that night they started playing Fight Fire with Fire and I was like jeez thank God and they stopped it you know when when the band stops and he goes and it goes back into two 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 others they stopped and they went right into fucking nothing else matters and I was like oh fuck you so I I, I I said that day I'm never gonna see this band again. But I did say recently, or the last year, you know what? I want to see Metallica again before I heard Hardwire because I was so impressed by the performance of the movies through the never. The fucking little acting scenes was pure horseshit and unnecessary. But the live performances on that fucking Blu-ray that I own is fucking great. And it charged me up with Metallica going, dude, I don't give a fuck, man. Next time Metallica comes, I'm going to fucking go see it. But then... Dude, now they're going to come supporting this? Oh, yeah. Even sweeter, you know? So, yeah, I look forward. I'm definitely not missing the talk next time they come my way, too. All right, I'll take the next one. It's called uh, Now That We're Dead. This is a grower. I don't know what you feel, Ian, and we will find out after what I say. But this is okay. a song, when I first heard it, I was like, eh. But now, I fucking love it. Unlike the first three I heard, the first three got me first listen, you know? But this one, it took me about, dude, about five listens to finally get it. I think it's mid-tempo rocking. I love those tribal drum things that Lars does during it. It's very catchy. The cool riff, the crunchy riff, the crunches back. The vocal melody that goes with it just meshes so nice. The breakdown before it just kicks so much ass. And this song does not have a solo. And this song calls for no solo, I feel now. And I like that. Something that is structured, it's structured beautifully metal. Very cool, heavy tune. I really do love this tune. Uh, now that we're dead, what do you think? 
Um, I kind of put some of what you said that definitely mid-tempo. I uh, put nice mid-tempo rocker. Sounds like 90s Metallica, but the difference is this is good. Uh, this doesn't sound forced or trying to get on the radio, but it's it's a different side of Metallica. And, uh, you know, just like I said, and th this is a song I've only heard once. Uh, but I didn't hate it, and that's really important. You know, it's like, I, I, I knew right when, like when it started, I was like, okay, okay, what are they going to do here? And, you know, it, it, it didn't jump out at me like the other ones did, but it didn't turn me off. And that's what I liked about it. And just, you know, as much as we disagree, we, we do agree on a lot of stuff. And you were totally right about Atlas Rise, and I got a feeling you're going to be dead on about this one. But already, I liked it on the first listen. I think it's a good track. Okay. I was like, eh. All right, take the next one. All right. The next one is, at this point in time, my favorite uh, by far. And that's, that's not a, a, a slam on anything else. This just caught me, like, right away. I just love the fucking groove of it. I love the Spitfire vocal delivery. Uh, I, I like the lyrics, not you know, because a lot of these songs, I'm not sure. What, there's only a couple that I I can really even pretend to know what they're about. But the, you know, this one they already talked about. You know, this is about the price of fame and and how it eats some people alive. And uh, I just fucking love this song. Uh, can't stop playing it. Uh, so far, my favorite. I would love to hear this live. This would definitely be, you know, hey check the set list when they play this make sure i have like two full beers and an empty bladder <laughs> you know because i want to fucking jam out to this fucking song uh love everything about it uh and i i can't say that it necessarily reminds me of old metallica but it sounds like metallica and uh i i i just think it's an incredible song my favorite so far what do you think you know of the first three they released this is my least favorite of the first three really but, but i do love this song but i, I like you know to me atlas rise hardwire two and this one will be third uh i love this song though it's still keeping that new metallica metal you know this uh, you know a little faster than mid-tempo uh just so crunchy something metallica invented you know, they invented the crunch. Come on. What band before right. Metallica, like, Seek and Destroy and all that shit? They invented this shit, you know, and they finally, like, brought it back properly. You know, and, and it, it, it's just musically beautiful. I love how it speeds up after the verses. You know, that little bridge, you go, you know, the whole soul, the soul, take the high road. I'm not really too keen on that, but it's not terrible. I mean, it still keeps me interested. But then, you know, it goes into, da, 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 da. you know, it's just, oh, man, it's really good. Uh, Moth of the Flame is a kick-ass track. Great video, too. I love the video because when Kurt Hammond is doing that killer solo, the moths surround him a lot. It's, I think that's right. the cool. I think it's the coolest video of the three. But, um, and yeah, I mean, as we speak, I would say those three songs that, uh, that were released, Atlas Rise, Hardwire, and Moth of the Flame. I mean, this could change. 
But those are my three favorite tracks from this whole album. So I feel like, and, and if it doesn't change, then I would have to say Metallica released the first three songs, the first three best songs first, you know? Uh, but yeah, I dig it. All right, the next one, uh, Dream No More. I love it. I love this one too. This was, uh, I think this was a grower too. I can't remember. I got to listen back, you know, but um, I dig the vibe to this song. Oh, yeah, no, no. This one I did like. Now I remember because I'm seeing my notes. I got notes, people. It's brand new. Um, I like this song a lot the very first time I heard it because the way James sings this song. It has this eerie kind of, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's a different it's a different type of vocal melody. Um and I, I just think the vibe of that vocal it was, it was just, just a cool-ass fucking delivery, you know? Then to the crunchy, you turn the stone section is fucking badass, man. And Cthulhu Awakens, you know, I love when he said that. Cthulhu Awakens! It's more like Metallica Awakened, you know? This, <laughs> this was great, you know? Uh, you know, so far this, this album is kicking my ass. I'm really digging it. It's so far, and uh, Dream Dream No More may be my fourth favorite. I don't know, I'd have to get back on that one. But as of now, yeah, maybe uh, the one right behind uh, Moths of the Flame is uh, my favorite on the album. So, so far, man, I mean, I'm like, whoa, dude. I mean, I, I was worried going, Metallica, I even said it on a previous episode, I said, hey, if Metallica releases the album, it's pure shit, at least they release three good songs. Well, dude, so far it's fucking what? One, two, three, four, five good songs so far. What do you think? Uh, different, and I dig it. And and I definitely like the vocals. You know, I, when I'm listening to it, I was like, fuck, is that James? I'm like, who the fuck else would be singing? Because it, it sounded so weird and different. And I think this is like the type of song, you know, when Lars was talking about the album and saying that, you know, it goes into different places, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, that's what I was worried about. Because um, on Death Magnetic, I loved it all. Uh, well, maybe love is a strong word. I liked it all, except for the single, The Day That Never Comes. I thought it was absolute dog shit. And I hated uh, Unforgiven 3, uh, or 33 and a third, The Final Insult, whatever the fuck it was called. Uh but I was worried that it, that they were they were going to go in that direction, kind of like a safety net, like, oh, what if radio rejects you know our hard stuff? You know, we need something that we can put on the radio that will still get a couple girls at the show. Well, this is doing something different and doing it right. Uh, it doesn't feel forced. It feels natural. It, this this feels like real. Like, hey, let's try something different, but without trying, you know, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Uh, just not afraid to explore, but not like, okay, we got to put this in there because radio likes that. Uh, just a natural progression. And I absolutely dig it. Great song. All right. Uh, next one is called Halo of Fire. Um, this one... Now the, 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 it kind of slows down a bit. This one's a bit slower than the tracks before. This one was a total grower. I didn't get it until the last listen. The, the fifth time I heard it, I was like, you know what? I took notice. And um, 
uh, it, it, it grew on me in such a positive way. It mellowed to a nice mid-tempo build-up. Then that cool little simple solo brings this a great element to this track. Uh, it strains. It, 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 it just it complements the song. Just great playing by all as well as uh, a well-structured track. You know, uh, to a climax kind of fade to blackish with a bit faster ending and the solo and shit. Make it to me. It, it makes this fucking epic. Another one I love. Wow, this is just kicking babies so far, right? Making, right? you know, making disc one solid and no complaints, man. I, I love it. This is, uh, and this is actually disc, we just discussed disc one. And I got to tell you, every song on disc one is fucking great. All right, what do you think? Uh, I love this song. And this is one, as soon as it started, I could tell the tempo of the song. I was like, okay. I kept waiting for it to disappoint me. I'm like, something's going to come up here that I'm going to hate. That's, I'm going to be like, oh, it's going to turn into that with that Mama Said shit or fucking Hero of the Day or something. You know, I was worried it was going to go into that fucking dog shit of a song. But it always went exactly where it needed to go. A perfect, epic song. Uh, this is definitely in my top five. I was really impressed with this also with it being the longest song in the album at eight minutes and 15 seconds uh like i say you know even you know i looked at the length before i listened to it, it was like well this is either gonna be justified or it's gonna be iron maiden you know new iron maiden <laughs> right. and uh they they did not let me down i think again i think this is this is uh a maturity and a growth coming from all the right places and not forced at all halo of fire amazing song great way to end disc one yes yeah, so now grab the disc from your cd player gently do not scratch it and place it nicely into your jewel case as we take out this two and i want to take this two if you don't mind uh go ahead put on this two and there then the first track on this two is called confusion okay we hit a snag not sure if this one will ever grow on me. Seems kind of disjointed, and the changes just do nothing for me. Vocal melody, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Forever Where I May Roam, and I hate that song. It's confusing to start the disc two with a song that's it's kind of bland to me. And I, I, I don't know, first five listens, I, I didn't get it. I didn't like it. What do you think? Uh, I put good song, but doesn't stand out. Uh, there was nothing that made me hate it, like, uh, but it definitely, you know, like the first disc to me, every, every song was a standout track. And if I have any reservations about this album, it'll be that either maybe it, it shouldn't have been a double album or they should have done something a little bit different with the track, uh, you know, order. Because this definitely isn't how you want to start out disc two. To me, it, you know, especially doing a double album, and 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 this in in reality, this is only a double album because the songs are all so long, and there's like one song. If if they took out once any one of these songs, it could have been a single album. Uh, 
And this is one maybe they could have done without. Again, I don't hate it, but to me, it's it's the first taste of filler. But but not horrible. Not not horrible. But definitely not stand out. And and you should have. They should have started uh, the second disc with, with something bombastic. I believe. Okay, what do you think of the next one, Man Unkind? Man Unkind. Uh, now this is the only song on the album that has a, a co-write credit from anybody other than Hetfield or Lars. Uh, uh, Hammett has no no credits on this album at all, which I which I found surprising. The first album since uh, Kill 'Em All to not at least feature one Kirk Hammett uh, co-write credit. But it does have a Robert Trujillo uh, co-write. Um, okay, but not great. Uh, but I can see this may possibly being a grower. Uh, again, they haven't turned me off yet. There, there hasn't been that one song where I was like, Eh, like I would never listen to that again. I've just heard, you know, songs that, well, maybe this will grow on me, maybe it won't, but I, I'm just happy so far that I haven't heard anything bad. You know, it's like, wow, here we are on track number eight. And even though some are better than others, I don't hate it. But, again, now you've, in my opinion... You've started out this two with two songs that maybe wouldn't come off as bad if there was different track listing or if they were a B-side. What do you think of Man Unkind? Well, I gotta disagree with you, but then again, you know, I will agree with you. It may grow on me, but man, Confusion I thought was kind of sucky. And Man Unkind is it's just as confusing as Confusion. I don't like this song. It's all disjointed. Not up to the standards of this one. Does nothing for me. These odd time signatures all over it makes it just nothing I can sink my, my teeth into. The straightforwardness of this one is what I love. This strange avant-garde shit just does nothing for me. I could do without this one too. This too is sucking so far for me. Alright, I'll take the next one. Uh, here comes Revenge. You know, they should have just made this one disc and scrapped this garbage. Sorry, this is pretty bad. Only positive thing I can say is that I find it more uh, better than the last two, but it, it reeks of filler. A bit more straightforward, I would say, but still finds it boring. Doubt this would ever grow on me as well, but who knows? But as far as, you know, right now, I find it pretty shitty. At least the ones that grew on me didn't give me the displeasure these three songs give me on this uh, this too so far. It's like craptacular. I don't like it. Alrighty. Uh, my note is uh, I like it. Now, I, I saw uh, James McCormick shitting all over this song on, on our Facebook page today. And uh, this is one I was listening to while I was waiting for us to record because I was like, let, let me, uh, you know, because I was kind of skipping through the songs because I, I knew we needed to start early today. And I was like, oh, let me get more familiar with some of these other songs. And uh, I like it. Uh, again, it's not a, um, a standout. It doesn't grab me the same way anything did on the first disc. But it also, uh, 
you know, I, I, I think I liked it more than you. And I, I, I'm sure you did because I don't like it at all. <laughs> and uh, and I will say that on a, on my first initial listen, I liked it more than Confusion and Man Unkind. So uh, again, I don't hate it, but uh, just doesn't grab me like the first disc. Then right. we go into the next track, which is I am or yeah, am I savage? Yeah. Uh, I like the hook on this. I, I like the rip. I thought this was a cool tune, and I also wrote in my notes that I I see this as being a grower. I think this is one that on repeated listens, I think I'll get even more out of it. Uh, again, it's still it didn't grab me as as much as uh, disc one but so far for disc two at this point this is my favorite of the first four uh oh alright just when I thought it could not get worse as of now this <laughs> is the worst on all this fucking album that ooh it's wasting the ooh you it's no one of the first three songs they released were from disc one seriously they really did blow their load no pun intended on disc one. Can you imagine if this was the first single? Oh dear. This song is as... I'm, I'm, I'm even confused fucking reading my notes because I guess I was just so fucking pissed writing this. This is what I wrote. This song is as pointless as St. Anger. This is pure garbage. Ouch. Sound, sound fit, it would fit well on Reload. Uh, you know, is this song savage? No! This song is suckage! Fuck this song! Why not call why not call disc one hardwire and disc two fucking tired? You know, for, from <laughs> kicking so much ass on disc one, and they just drain. They they just drain themselves that they just drag their feet on up to this point on disc two. I really this song just pisses me off. This song is like terrible. You know, it was like, dude, you put this on reload and I still wouldn't say it's the best song on Reload. That's how bad this is. Ouch. It's the worst. It's the worst song on the... Uh, the next two coming up are not as bad as this one. Trust me. But this is bad. Am I savage? All right. I'll take the next one. It's called Murder One. Now, this song has some cool things going on, but it does not knock it out of the park for me. But, but I can deal with this one if it was, like, added on this... Like you were saying earlier, if they would have taken... If they would have taken one song out, it could have been a full CD. Well, I think they they should have took like several songs out and make it a short CD. Uh, and if you're gonna stick anything, I guess Murder One would be the filler, hard, worst track on the album. But since there was a, those horrible ones that started this too, so far, um, this one is like something that if it was on the album uh, with the good songs, they'd be like, all right, I don't like this one, but I can deal with it. But really, not nowhere near anything on this one. A song that that if they spent more time on it could have been much better. It feels a little rushed to me. It it just it's just there there to fill space. I feel, but not a total waste. The solo is okay, but as a whole, it's just decent. Far from amazing. What do you think of Murder One? Um. Uh... Well, I mean, I don't know if you picked it up by the lyrics or the title, but this is their tribute to Lemmy. Well, that's unfortunate. And, and, and you know, Murder One was his cabinet. Yeah, you, you know, know it's, it's funny you say that because just today, 
I was watching the Lemmy documentary, and I thought of that. I go, oh, I wonder if that's if there's a connection there. Oh wow. Yeah, it, and if, if when you go back and listen to it and listen to the lyrics, uh, it's very obvious that it's a, a tribute to Lemmy. Okay. Now, my my only beef with it, and, and I definitely enjoyed the song more than you, but my beef would be if you're doing a tribute to Motorhead. It should be Motorhead-esque, yeah. and to me, it's not fast enough to be uh, to be right. Motorhead. You know, a Motorhead tribute. It should have been, you know, I want something with an overkill drum beat. You know, uh, to, to to do a tribute to Lemmy. You know, or, or something something with a pounding bass like Motorhead. You know, um, but I definitely appreciate the sentiment, but uh, it just it should have been faster. Uh, but you know, if if you look at out of the you know the the big four and, and all the like successful thrash bands, Metallica was never the thrashiest. I mean, really. I mean, you want to talk about balls out thrash? You better be talking about Kill 'Em All because that's the one that's like a real thrash record. And ever since uh, you know Ride the Lightning, they they fooled around with other tempos and had never just went out for all-out speed um, but uh, this one if, if any song on this needed to be fast and up-tempo it had to be murder one and they didn't go that route and I don't know if it was consciously like okay we're gonna do it but we're gonna do it different or just they didn't think about it but uh, I, I love the lyrics on this one more than the music but I still like the song Why don't you take the so last one? so so I was just gonna say. So so far, uh, I have liked every song on this album. Definitely other, you know, some more than others. But uh, uh, let, let, let's see if they can if they can go for twelve or twelve. But let's hear your opinion first of the final track, "Spit Out the Bone." All right. Best song on this too. Back to the fast tempo. This one is pretty badass, if you ask me. Uh, if they would have stuck this on this one and throw away the rest of this, this too, this would have been a total home run. It's solid. I think the bass playing in the middle section doesn't sound like Trujillo. It kind of sounds like Cliff Burton, that little bass solo going on there. I do think it could have done without that stop breathing, your, uh, you dedicate to me or whatever the fuck he says. I felt that little section was a little pointless, but it didn't last too long to destroy it. When it slows down to the crunchy section, it's fucking tasty, dude. Then back to the fast beginning, a great a great ending to this shitty disc, too. I really did this dig spit out the bone, and it would have been much better if they would have just stuck this song on disc one and thrown away the rest of the album. I think it would have been a solid, great fucking album. Again, only five listens, only only two days. I could change my opinion on those songs that I think are horrible. Like Murder One, now he says about Lemmy, I might like it even more now. But as I said, you know, um, I said, you know, that some of these grew on me and some didn't. So if I if I was to like, you know, shake the magic eight ball, which song would grow on me? It would be Murder One. But Spit Out the Bone, loved it. What do you think? Uh, love it. And this is one I definitely want to hear again. Uh, I mean, I want to hear the whole album again. But, uh, this one, even listening to it, to me, 
There was so much shit going on that I immediately knew it was going to be a grower. That, you know, my admiration was only going to grow over time. Uh, so this is the first album since fucking Injustice for All where I liked every fucking song. Uh, you know, like I said, there, there's definitely too much on here. And I don't know, know really why they felt the need to make this a double album. Is it because this is the longest gap they've gone in between albums? You know, um, you know, did they just do it because they can because they're, fu they're fucking Metallica? But what I'll say is, and, and you summed it up, I was going to say it, but you beat me to it. If they took disc one and just added on Spit Out the Bone, I think this motherfucker would be up there with anything they released in the 80s. And, and could possibly be better than Injustice. I would say, I would say yes. Even though, uh, I don't know, maybe because I've lived with it longer, I don't think there's any song as good as Blackened on here. But I'm not a big fan of Justice, and if you want to know what I think about Justice, we, we already reviewed it. So yeah, a, a great episode. Great yes, episode. So we, we, you know, as far as uh, this album, yeah, there's more songs I like this than on Justice, definitely. But, uh, yeah, there, it has no blacking, but, you know, who knows? Maybe later on I'll think, you know, Alice Rise or Hardwire would be as good as uh, Horse Put Out the Bone, because those, those will be my three favorite tracks on here. But I don't know, man, maybe... Now That We're Dead would be up there as well. I don't know, it's between, maybe Now That We're Dead, I like a little more than Spit Out the Bone. Even though Spit Out the Bone is faster and more thrashy. I really like Now Now That We're Dead. I, you know, I, especially like, you know, like the third, second time I was like, you know, this ain't that bad. Third time I was like, man, I'm really digging it. Fourth time I was like, I love it. Fifth time I was like, man, this is a fucking awesome tune. I really dig it. So, you know, but yeah, you know, uh, the rest of this, this too is just, for me, it's just, horrible except for murder one it, it sounds like if, if they worked on it a little longer it would have been better spit out the bone got me bam you know first listen when i heard spit out the bone i liked it i was like yeah this is good finally because i was like getting a little fucking irritated by this album you know how good it was halfway and then how much it fucking fell down a cliff the, the <laughs> you know the second the, the second disc and then all of a sudden at the end of this it's like oh cool you know uh, yeah, there you go. And, uh, you know, I, I'll say, usually uh, when we get our presents from Mr. X, usually we're kind of, you know, we, we get it before everybody else, and we have a little bit more exclusive rights on it. But everybody's got this shit now. It's all over the interwebs. And from what I've read on our page... Uh, people almost overwhelmingly agree with this. Everybody loves disc one uh, and, and a lot of problems with disc two. But I will say that this shit has me excited about Metallica again and I, I, I want to listen to this album again. Like I really want to. You know, and I want to discover shit that I that I, that I know you only get from repeated listenings. And uh, man, it's just Re really even though it's not perfect it really restored my faith in them as still being able to write good music at their age I mean you know say what you want about the second disc but the first disc alone for a bunch of millionaires in their 50s to write that uh, <laughs> you, you can't help but be 
encouraged by that, you know. Um, I think it's incredible, and I think that's why Metallica has always been um, at the top. Not necessarily, you know, I, I know like everybody gave, well, not everybody, but a lot of people gave it to the 90s. But Metallica has always been able to, to, I think, take it to another level with their songwriting. What they lost in speed, you know, they always had just a little bit superior songwriting. And I think that shines through on disc one on this. Like, I'll put disc one of this, uh, I, I say destroys uh, Dystopia, destroys Repentless, and I love both those records. Definitely destroys, uh, uh, you know, Anthrax and uh, the last Exodus record. Uh, you know, if if you want thrash, if you just want that heavy thrash, man, you can't go wrong, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion, with the New Testament record. But I think the songwriting on this is better than that. You know, um, it's just it, it's just a, like a little notch above. But if you want that pure thrash, hey man, go 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 for go for uh, Testament, which. Isn't a slam on that record because I fucking love it. That's definitely my top ten for the year. But uh, this one, I, I I couldn't. I mean, I could complain, but it's it's so much miles and miles above, in my opinion, the Black Album up until this that I ain't bitching. Yeah, I, I dig it. All right, cool. You got a pick of the week? And uh, well, uh, I'd like to say, you know, in closing. We also, uh, because I believe th this will only be our second Metallica one, right? Third. We did the Black Album. Well, that's right. We did the Black Album we did Injustice. But we have some amazing uh, Metallica reviews coming up in the future. One that we've been putting off for a while because uh, we got to get you know the scheduling right. But we're going to have my friend Ohm Ingram, who, if you guys remember from the Judas Priest episode, isn't even a metalhead. And, you know, we came up with this idea. When we have him on, we want to have iconic metal record reviews with him. That's why uh, Ralph picked British Steel, which I thought was brilliant. And a lot of people love that episode hearing, you know, an opinion from somebody who isn't into this type of music. We are going to do Master of Puppets with him in the future. And... I think that will be a great episode to look forward to, and one that I think will be legendary and could break the internet, uh, but this is another one that has to do with timing and the patience of Ralph and myself, is we are going to do load and reload with Bill Wang. Oh boy. Yeah, and that, that, that one, let me breathe a bit before I sit through those albums. Yeah. I've only done it once. And uh, oh, I've and done it a few I'm times. Looking, I, I, I'm looking forward to it, but again, I'm not looking forward to it. But you know, all three of us, none of us will hold back. And I don't think there's a bigger Metallica nut swinger in the world than Bill Wang. Uh, yeah, he likes I, those I, I'm, old I'm, albums. Oh, he, like, like, he loves them. All right, cool. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting show. Yeah, so that, that, that will test... <laughs> the boundaries of friendship and we'll probably break the interwebs but those are some other uh, you know great Metallica episodes that are going to be coming to you in the future and like I said I wouldn't rule out maybe a year or two from now 
uh, Ralph and I revisiting this where, you know, maybe the album is, we have greater appreciation for it or, or less because that, to me, that's the true test of time. You know, sometimes you get so excited about, you know, a, a new album by, you know, one of your favorite artists that like, yeah, 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 and you play the shit out for about a month and then do you ever pick it up again? You know, especially with newer albums, you know, does it stand the test of time and makes you still want to listen to it? So who knows? We could come back to that, but uh, we hope you enjoyed this. It's it's a shorter episode because uh, we just we don't have the history with this, but this is our first honest impression on it and hope you enjoyed it. Cool, cool. All right. Do you have a pick of the week? I sure do. Um, oh, let's let's hear it. Yeah, I uh, I, I discussed uh, that I played a show this week, uh, and uh, just to give you a little build up, um, uh, I uh, it was a band from New York came down here called Black Mass, and the only reason we we played with this band called Black Mass is because the promoter called me and said that the band Black Mass wanted Thrasher Die on the bill. They really liked us. And I was like, oh, cool, right. you know, let me talk to the rest of the band. Everybody agreed to do it. So I said, hey, let's go play with this band. But man, I've been so busy lately that I never got on YouTube and checked out the band. And uh, I got to tell you, man, they fucking blew me away. And what was really cool about these guys, it's just three dudes. It's a trio. And uh, when we were playing, there was a mosh pit going on. And all three of them were moshing. Now, I didn't know those three guys were in black masks. I just saw these three guys moshing. I even was like, I went up to, I usually, after shows, when I see people going nuts, I either go up to them or they go up to me. And I went up to all those three guys, you know, separately. Hey, what's up with your name? You know, just, you know, it's just the way I am. I, I, I got that from Ronnie James Dio. When I met Ronnie James Dio, it's like, bro, that guy treats people that love his music so well, with respect, that I, I want to, like, carry on that, you know. If, you know, even if I didn't know Dio, I'd probably still feel the same way. If you like my music, I'm going to love you. So I went out to all those guys, and, you know, it was cool. Then they went up on stage. I was like, oh, fuck. That's Black Mass, those three guys that were moshing around during this. They went up on stage and fucking blew my mind. They were so good. And the, the two standout tracks they played that night, one song was called Graveyard Rock. And I can't remember for the life of me the other song. And when after the show, I said to them, dude, I really love Graveyard Rock and that, you know, whatever the name of the other song is. And they go, oh, yeah, those are um, those are going to be on our next album. We haven't recorded those yet. I was like, oh, fuck. So that just bought both their CDs. They had two CDs there. I bought two shirts from them. But I brought the CDs home. One's an EP. Can't remember the name of it. I don't have it handy here. And their full length is called Ancient Scripture. Holy fuck, man. This is some what? killer thrash. Oh, it's thrash? Okay, oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I want to ask you. What yeah, it's thrash. These guys are thrashy, hooky, killer, fucking awesome. Uh, my favorite track, and they played it that, that night live. Uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, but they had a song called East Coast Thrash. That's so catchy and killer. And I think it's a solid album, you know, Disconnected the cool too. They have a song called Black Mass, you know, Prepare for War and uh, Soul Reaper. The whole thing, Behold, Behold the Horror, Witch. It's a great fucking album. I highly recommend you guys check out, go on YouTube, maybe it's up on there. Band called Black Mass. And I heard the EP, 
EP was just as kick-ass. But I figured, let me promote their, their latest one. Because uh, I really, you know, I mean, like Metallica, I got this on the same day. And I can't tell you which one's better. I, I, I like them both equally. I think they're an amazing band. I, I don't know if they're from New York or not. They may be from Boston. I asked them where they were from. They told me that I can't remember. But uh, they are an American band. They're a trio, and they're fucking awesome. It was really cool. At the end of the show, the fucking guitar player pulled a total Pete Townsend and fucking broke his guitar, which is so cool. I was like, damn, dude. You know, really? But, uh, yeah, that's my pick of the week. Black Mass Ancient Scriptures. Well, if you give me a second, I, I got it right here. Uh, their, their EP is called The Second Coming. So either one of those I recommend. I got a double pick of the week. Those two, Black Mass. Check them out. Nice. All right, well, my pick of the week has to do with uh, a concert I went to Saturday night. And it was my fifth time seeing this amazing uh, guitarist and his amazing band. I went and saw Dweezil Zappa. Oh, cool. Uh, p- performing the music of his father, Frank Zappa. Right. And uh, it was just, it was mind-blowing, uh, the musicianship. Uh, just note for note sounded like his father and this is one of my favorite ones by his dad but it's it's not like a real talked about one uh it's called waka jawaka and it's only four songs uh excuse me uh two of them are are lengthy instrumentals and this was kind of like a a jazz fusion uh kind of era for zappa there's two awesome instrumentals. One's called Big Swifty, the other one Waka Jawaka. And then there's just a couple of regular songs. Uh, uh, a song called Your Mouth, which is awesome. Just basically talking about a, a whore. And that's all she's got going for her. And her. Her mouth gets her into trouble and gets her out of trouble. <laughs> and another great song called It Might Just Be a One-Shot Deal. Uh, amazing Zappa. I mean, Zappa has like over a hundred albums and almost a hundred different styles uh, and this is just a, a really cool era to me especially if you're into to the musicianship uh, you know a lot of people push Zappa off as, as comedy music but he did that for a reason uh, he was very much about the music and he found songs with lyrics kind of boring to him because he was more about the actual instrumentation that was being played. So he's like, well, if I got to write some lyrics, I might as well make it funny. Because, you know, to him, he just found like a song about two people falling in love and the world being perfect was the stupidest, most idiotic thing in the world. So when he did it, he made fun of it. And uh, it's just absolutely amazing. Got to talk to Dweezil after the show and, and get my picture taken with him. And I met him... A, I've met him at almost every show because he always does signings and it couldn't have been nicer and it was just a, a, a mind-blowing show. It was like almost a three-hour show. Absolutely incredible. Um, so if you want to take a chance on some Frank Zappa, check out Waka Jawaka. Uh, to me, you can't go wrong there. Oh, cool. All right. Well, it's time to get to fan of the week, and our fan of the week this week is we got, Chad. We got two, by the way, but go ahead. I got one too. Okay. Uh, this is Chad Rivera, and Chad, Chad's a newer member. At least, 
at least to my radar. Uh, and what I like is I say it time and time again. If you join the page, just don't join and read. Post. Uh, because it is a special, unique family with all kinds of, you know, different tastes. And for the most part, we respect you all. And unless you like Sammy Hagar, then we're going to rag the shit out of you. But uh, Chad's done a lot of posting. And what I love is, is he's a vinyl guy. And he's always posting, you know, like this week's grab and what he bought. And he's picking up some great fucking music. And uh, I, I love seeing when people go out and get vinyl, you know. Because I, I love that people even still buy it. But, uh, you know, th there's, there's nothing like seeing somebody just picked up an album you love. That may, maybe, you know, and sometimes you don't know. Hey, do they love this album too? Or did they just take a chance on it? You know, I love seeing shit like that because it means people are out there buying music, listening to music, and that's what we are all about. And uh, so, Chad, you are my fan of the week, and uh, Ralph, you have one as well? Yes, uh, we've had him as fan of the week, but, I, you know, he sent me such an... Uh, I talked to Ian before this, and Ian told oh, me... Oh, yes. Ian told me he sent them the same message. Uh, he cut and pasted and sent us both a message saying how, you know, our show is really like enlightening his life, and that is uh, Joseph Staub, also known as Terrence Reardon. Um, <laughs> nah, that's just a joke. He's not Terrence Reardon. But he's a guy that um, loves our show and wrote me a heart, wrote us a heartfelt message on Facebook about. You know how he really does appreciate you know what we do and uh you know he was just you know he said like you know i'm not going to read all of it but you know just to start he's like hey man i just want to tell you something from the heart you know that you and ian have made my life so much better since you guys started the podcast and the page you know and uh you know it's like you know because Again, it's not only the podcast, but it's because of the, the, the Facebook page that, uh, you know, he has all these cool people. There's all these cool people that he interacts with. And his life has become so much better because of us that I feel like he deserves to be Fan of the Week once again. True. And True. It, 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 it was an incredible letter. And, uh, you know, maybe at a later date, if, if he gives permission, we'll read it. If he wants to keep it personal... I'll respect that, but uh, he, he's 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 made a lot of friends off this page, and he told me he recently skyped with Greg Barnes. Oh and, man, uh, and he still likes us. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he said he skyped with Greg Barnes, and he said, uh, you know, how Greg explained being on the show with us. He said he had so much fun, and it meant so much to him, and uh, you know, just knowing that that people enjoy this that much is, is incredible and we've received you know not tooting our own horn but we've received a lot of letters like these and you know messages and uh you know it's it's not forgotten and it definitely doesn't fall on deaf ears it means everything you know because you know this is why ralph and i do this is because of our our passion for this and both ralph and i you know we live in different parts of the country some of our fans live in different parts of the world uh, you know, and not all of us has that many metal friends left in real life, but we can all connect here, you know, and on the Facebook page and through listening to these shows. And uh, it is a pretty cool fucking uh, refuge for metalheads, and I'm very proud of that. 
Oh, and, and, and another great news, and uh, I'm gonna have to tell him, Ian. Um, we've been keeping a secret, but let's let's get let the cat out of the bag. Ian has been saving up to rent a hotel in Las Vegas that we can all meet, and he's buying everybody plane tickets. <laughs> all right, Ian. Oh, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> I wish I win the lottery. Oh, see that? That's why I'm better than him. I would never lie like that. <laughs> All right, uh, Joseph. Before you get, go ahead. Yeah. Before you give me any more problems, let's go to the plugs. All right, here we go. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra sexy classic album series with some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to EarPillar.com to find out what we're all about. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Simp Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcast. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this fresh, out-of-the-oven review, come back next week when 
We don't have an album review, but we are visited by the one and only Bob Rock. Whoa. And Bob, yeah, Bob Rock said, look, you know, you guys are putting on these long-ass episodes. They're like over two hours. He's going to shrink this down to like a half hour, and he says he can get women to listen to us, too. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, so let's, let's, uh, let's see if he knows what he's talking about, this old Bob Rock. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.